if winning isn't everything, then what is it? Can you imagine that you're in the championship? <clears throat> and you know that you're going to win, but the coach calls an audible and says, I want the others to feel and to know what it feels like to be a part of the game. How many of you have sometimes felt in your spiritual journey that you really weren't a part of the game? You've watched others be blessed. You've watched others succeed. And yet you're still sitting on the sideline because it seems like nobody wants to give you the same chance that they've had year after year. If you could hear Shaquille O'Neal say his father made the decision not for them to win the championship, but for them to win with an attitude that says everybody has a chance to participate. If winning isn't everything, then what is it? That's just my title today. That's not my thesis, but I want you to follow me here in 1st, 2nd Timothy, I'm sorry, 2 and 5. Paul says, and if anyone enters competitive games, he is not crowned unless he competes lawfully, fairly according to the rules laid down. It, it is verse number five we see here, verse number six we see here. It, it is the hardworking farmer who labors to produce. He must be the first partaker of the fruits. If winning isn't everything, then what is it? Paul says that a true competitor, a true athlete, one who has endured the rigorous high form of intense interval training, they win because they've learned to do it by what? The rules that have been laid down before them. The next verse, he gives an example of a farmer. A farmer is the producer of the seed that has been planted. And because he follows the rules of sowing and reaping, Paul says that before anybody else can reap that harvest, the farmer understands that he must be the first partaker of what he has sown into. When you're looking at your spiritual life, Paul wants us to understand that as we continue to run this race, that there are some rules, that there are some conditions, that there are some disciplines that God has put before us so that we could do what? Run the race so that when it's time to win, we'll be first partakers of the disciplines. We'll, we'll be the first partakers of the results of what we did to win the race. It's really funny that you win a race, but then they turn around and they give the medal to the person who did not win. How would you feel? That's exactly what the enemy wants to do. He wants you to finish the race. He, he, he wants you to understand that you can continue running, but I'll continue to give the prize to other people because we lose focus in the middle of the race, not understanding that we're not racing for things, but we're racing to win a prize. What is the prize? Christ. The life of Christ. 
for our generations to live. It is impossible to win in life when nothing that is being done reflects the inward character of integrity that abides in the one who is competing to win a prize. Winning is the inward discipline that can only be confronted by the rules it plays by. Paul says in 2 Timothy 2 and 5, and if anyone enters competitive games, he is not crowned unless he competes lawfully. Unless he competes fairly according to the rules that have been laid down. And then verse number six says, uh, uh, it is in the hardworking farmer who labors to produce. He must be the first partaker of the fruits. I want to simply talk about today, if winning isn't everything, then what is it? We're going to settle right in Joshua today. I wanted to really lay the groundwork. Joshua chapter number one, verse number six says, Be strong, confident, and be of good courage, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land which you swore, which I swore to their fathers, to give them. Paul says, If anyone enters a competitive game, he is not crowned unless he competes lawfully. We can see here in Joshua, a race is beginning to start. A race is being set before Joshua. If winning isn't everything, then what is it? In the eyes of most, winning is only about the status and the fame that comes to do what? Brighten the stage that one stands upon. Rarely do we, the audience, take part in what goes in the life of a true athlete, what goes on in the true, true life uh, of an athlete, what, what goes on in that? How many times have we heard and even participated in the booze towards our favorite player that has had a bad game or even lost a game that they were expected to win? I'm reminded of the greatest player of all time. In my opinion, uh, I'm reminded of something the Mamba the late Kobe Bryant said in an interview, my nephew sitting there looking at me like, uncle, come on now, after he retired, he, he, he said that there are times that the ball would just hit the front of the rim and, and people would say, what's the problem with your shot, man? I mean, what's the problem with your shot? And he would say, there's, there's nothing really wrong with my shot. I just didn't have the legs that night. I just didn't have my legs that night. I, I, I didn't have my legs up under me because if you know anything about basketball, you have to have the push of your legs to lift you so that your shot can go forward. He said it hit the rim, the front of the rim, not the back, not the side. It hit the front, but because I didn't have the strength in my legs, I wasn't able to lift myself high enough to push that ball over the front so that it could hit the net. But he says, one thing that you don't have to worry about is that next time I play, they're going to be there. That's a guarantee. I like that statement because he didn't make an excuse. Winning is never about 
making an excuse of what went wrong. It, it has everything to do with the discipline and focus of staying true and honest to the rules and the laws of winning. What, what was Kobe Bryant saying? They, they asked him a question. They said, how long have you been doing this? Uh, the discipline and the hard work, he said, for 20 years. The moment I got into the NBA, I did it every single day. I didn't go on vacation with my friends. I didn't hang out with my friends because I wanted to win. And because I understood what it would take to win, I never wanted to be sitting on a boat when I could be rejuvenating my body and, and going through my mind. What did I do last year that I can do better this year? And so I wanted to win. And so every day for 20 years, I did the same thing over and over. There were rules that he abided by that gave him the ability to be a five-time <laughs> NBA championship, retired not just with one number, but I believe he's the first and probably will be the only that will retire with two different numbers. And they said either one will make the Hall of Fame. Come on now. Y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying. See, when you understand how great you are, you can accomplish anything in your life when you abide by the rules of the game. Come on now. When you can abide by the rules of the game. In our text here, we can see that Paul qualifies what it means to be an athlete and what it will take for that athlete to win the prize. By being honest to the rules of the race. In Joshua, we can see that God is preparing a race for him. And in running that race, it is going to take God to, to do what? To lay out some rules and conditions for Joshua as he prepares to take over the reins of leading after Moses' death. Hear this, in, in every area of our lives, we are competing as athletes in the kingdom of God. Running the race of the kingdom requires that we do what? That we live a life that is pleasing before God. There, there are some rules. There are some conditions. I, I'm going to bless you, but there is a condition to it. Have no other God before me. Come on now. Meditate on my word day and night. Running the race of the kingdom requires that, that we know and follow his plan and the rules that he's laid out for us to succeed. Come on, close your eyes and let's pray. Father, I thank you for another day to equip and empower those whom you've sent on today. Father, I ask that you and your love and your grace abide in our hearts. As we stand to proclaim the word of God, grant us a voice that speaks with clarity and understanding. In Jesus' name, Father, we pray that the ears and the hearts of those that will hear this word will be blessed in Jesus' name. May the word of the Lord wash and cleanse, purify the heart of the unbeliever that they may be saved. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. So let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in thine sight, O Lord. It is our strength. You are our strength and our Redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Everybody say amen. Amen. Four keys 
to successful winning. If winning isn't everything, then what is it? If it isn't everything, then then what is it? I want to remind you of of our thought on today. It, It is impossible to win in life when nothing that is being done reflects the inward character of integrity that abides in the one who is competing to win the prize. I I want you to hear that right there. I want you to hear that thought as we begin to talk about these four successful keys. Uh, you're, you're, You're looking to win in some area in your life over these next 30 days to come. We're we're looking to win. We're looking to surrender. We're looking to 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 give up some things and we're looking to give through some things. But how do we win? How do we win? It is impossible to win in life when nothing that is being done reflects the inward character of, 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 of integrity that abides in the one who's competing to win the prize. Winning is an inward discipline. Can y'all say that? Winning is an inward discipline. It's something that's on the inside of you. Winning is an inward discipline that can only be confronted by the rules it plays by. Here in Joshua, we can see that he's just become the chosen leader to lead the children of Israel into their next phase of their journey into the promised land, understanding the weight of his assignment and his connection to God that was with Moses. In verse number five, God lays out his plan to assure Joshua. How does he do that? He says, no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail or forsake you, but there are some conditions There are some rules to the game that I want to affirm and encourage you to be strong and courageous in this race because you're going to come up against opposition. You're going to come up against some things in your own personal leadership style. Uh, You're going to come up against some competitive things in your life. But I need for you, number one, to understand that winning, the first key to being successful in winning a life that is Christ-driven, winning requires that we are what? Strong and courageous. After he tells Joshua in uh, 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 verse number five uh, that I will be with you, I will not fail you. But he says the the first rule to the game that I need you to be that I need you to walk in is that I need you to be strong and courageous, Marty. God tells Joshua to be strong and courageous. Verse number six: For you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. You're in a race and you're just taking over a position. Can you imagine it? You, you, you arrive at a new job and, 
you're taking over and you're filling the space of someone who's done an amazing job for so long and, 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 and they never had any problems, never had any real issues, and now it's your turn to do the same thing. And in that moment, come on now, uh, you get nervous, you get fearful, uh, you begin to look around and say, what am I going to do? I'm like, How can I do this? He, uh, the Lord says to him, uh, the same way that I was with Moses is the same way that I'm going to be with you. I won't fail you. I won't forsake you. But I need for you to understand that for you to do the same as your leader did, for you to run this race that your leader has left in your hands. Come on now. There's a possession that belongs to you. I need for you to be strong and courageous. Winning, Charmaine, requires, Brittany, that you are strong and courageous. God encourages Joshua by telling him to anchor himself with confidence and faith that his predecessor has left him. Uh, I, I need for you to continue to do that. Uh, strong and courageous is defined as one who is firm and brave in their stance to endure great pressure. In the winning moments where the ball is in their possession to secure a win for the team. Come on now. We all knew that Michael Jordan was taking the last shot. We, we, we all knew that Kobe Bryant was going to take the last shot. We, we all knew that LeBron was going to take the last shot. But, but we all know that great players hold the ball in their hands so that they can take the last shot. We, we all know that, that athletes, when you're running that anchor and they put the baton in your hand, come on now, you're in possession of something that is going to allow your team to win and you must abide with strength and courage to run out the race. Come on now. When you're running track, come on now, and, and you're running that anchor, and they give it to you, and everybody's ahead of you. Don't look down the line and begin to say, I've lost the race. They're too far ahead. Come on now. Everybody gets tired. Everybody can get weak. Come on now. But when you can abide by your training, abide by the rules of the game, and you understand that winning requires that I'm strong and courageous. It requires that I'm strong and courageous. It, it requires that, I, that I'm able to do what God has called me to do. Come on now. Uh, you can see this in the, in the bottom half of verse number six, that God tells Joshua why he needs to be strong and courageous. He, he says, you need to be strong for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give. There's something in your race that God is saying that because you're strong and courageous, I need you to understand that you're not doing it just for you. You're not doing it for the limelight, but there's something that I want you to give to your generation that belongs to them. I made a promise to your forefathers, and because you're now in position to lead them, I need you to be strong and courageous. Number one, winning requires that we are strong and courageous. I, I want you to look at your life right now. As you run this race, and I want you to begin to see if you're strong and courageous enough to handle the possession that belongs to your generation. Number two, winning requires that we remain sober, steady, and settled in the laws, 
and the principles of the kingdom so that we don't stray to the right or left. God instructs Joshua to make sure to do what? Only be strong and very courageous. Verse number seven, be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Whatever you do, don't turn from it to the right or the left so that you may have success wherever you go. Number one, he says that your winning is going to require that you are strong and courageous. Number two, uh, uh, your winning requires that you remain sober, steady, and settled in the things of God. Come on now. Uh, your teacher has left you some instructions. Come on now. Uh, mama and daddy taught you the right way. Your English teacher your coach they taught you what to do and as you remain strong and courageous as you walk in with the upright attitude of being sober in mind steady in spirit you're settled in who God called you to be I need you to make sure that you don't abandon what you've been taught come on now great leaders never throw away their training they depend on their training Kobe Bryant said for 20 years, this is what I've done. I, I've trained myself to do this. I've trained myself to be great. I, I've trained myself to endure moments of difficulty. At the height of his career, when everybody said he, he's done, he's done, uh, 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 he ruptures his Achilles, and he says he goes into the training room, and his children are looking at him, and he says, and he digs deep, and he says, this is not over. Why? Because my training is going to push me through because I've been doing this for 20 years. Come on, I, I, I've been doing it too long to give up now. I, I'm not going to fall to an injury. All I got to do is just train and retrain and retool my mind to endure the pain of what it's going to take to recover. Come on, when we hear this. This is the second time. He says, he says, be strong and courageous. Be careful to do according to the laws of Moses. Strong and courageous leaders understand that living by what they were taught gives them the greatest role to their success. Come on now. Look at it. I truly believe that God wanted to inform Joshua ahead of time to walk in the footprints of his relationship that he had with Moses because Moses was very successful in all that God called him to do. When you look at it, the new coach comes. We've won championship after, after championship, and we get the new coach. Man, are we going to win with him? That's the first question people ask. Are, are we going to win now? You know, we're, we're looking to trade people and pick up people. Can we still win? Because once you win one, like Shaquille O'Neal like Shaquille says, uh, he was accustomed to winning, uh, that he didn't understand why his father didn't allow that team to go out on the floor and blow that team out. They knew that they were going to win. But he taught them another way to win, by allowing other people to help him. Allowing those that you look down upon and those that you don't believe that have it, even though they lost, they won with the right attitude. Why? Because somebody else had a chance to win. They've never played in a championship game before. Remember, Paul says any athlete who competes cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. 
And most times when we look at Joshua, he was under the competing pressure to win the respect of the children of Israel. And because of this, God slows him down by saying, remain strong in obeying what you have seen in the life of your leader. I like what Jeremiah 17.7 says. It says, blessed is the man who trusts in and who trusts in the Lord. Blessed is that man. Although we're called to win a race, winning isn't everything when our motives become tainted by doing it our way. Tainted when, when, when our motives, our intentions are only, I got to do it my way. I like what this says here. Number one, you got to be strong and courageous. Number two, sober, steady, and settled. But then number three, winning requires that the word of God should never leave our mouth. God says to Joshua, no matter what you're facing, whatever hardships or victories you encounter, he says this in verse number eight, that this book of the law shall never depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. Are you hearing that? One verse says this, For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. There's that word success again. You've heard it probably three times now, or four times now. He, he's constantly speaking and affirming to Joshua that you have no reason to lose this race. If you will do what? Remain strong and courageous. You, you have no reason to come in third place if you would just simply steady yourself. Remain sober and, and, and just settle yourself in understanding that your training is going to pull you through. And then number three, uh, you, you definitely have no reason to lose the race because the word of God is in you. And because the word of God is in you, that when it's time for you to speak the word of God and it's time for you to speak to the mountain and you cast that mountain in the sea, it'll cause you to be successful and prosperous because the word of God is in your mouth. The word of God is in your life. The word of God that you study, you're living that word. You're breathing that word. You're a reflection of that word. He says, and then because you're careful to do according to what the word says, come on now, you will cause your way to be prosperous and successful. Come on now. The keys to winning is that you got to have the word in your mouth. Come on now. The word in your mouth that says, no weapon formed against me will prosper. The word of God says, come on now, uh, 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 this book cannot leave your mouth. The word of God cannot leave your life. Don't, don't compromise the word of God. Come on now. Don't, don't compromise it just to get the medal. He says you never have to compromise because my word is going to cover you. My word is going to keep you. My word is going to settle in you so much that in those moments where you feel like losing your mind, the word of God is going to speak to you. The Holy Ghost. Come on now. Somebody say the Holy Ghost. Come on. I said say the Holy Ghost. See, see, 
see, the problem is uh, uh, y'all afraid of it. Say the Holy Ghost is going to speak to me when I'm prepared to sin. The Holy Ghost is going to speak to me when I'm prepared to cut somebody out. The Holy Ghost is going to speak to me and say, make peace with all men. Woo. Come on now, I'm running a race that I'm, that I'm going to win. Somebody say it, I'm running a race that I'm going to win. But God says, I need you to be strong and courageous. I need you to settle sober and steady yourself in your training. I need you to keep the word of God in your mouth. Strong and courageous leaders understand their value and worth in remaining true to God's word. I like what David says in Psalms 119.11. He says, your word have I treasured in my heart that I might not sin against God? That, that's what he was telling Joshua. If you keep the word in your mouth, you won't sin against God. Come on now. If you would keep the word of God hidden in your heart, you won't sin against God. You won't trespass against God. You won't violate your relationship with God. You won't fall back into the former man because the word that you treasure is hidden in your heart. The promises of God that you treasure, the principles of God that you treasure, uh, they're hidden in your heart so that you won't sin against God. It didn't say sin against your neighbor. It says so that I won't sin against the Christ that is in my life. Come on now. Oh, because I'm a new creature. Come on now. I'm a new man in Christ. And I don't want to sin against this Christ. Come on now. I don't want to sin against God in such a way. Uh, that I bring a reproach against his name. I bring a reproach against his character. And I've got, a, I've got a loser race that I was supposed to win. It was guaranteed that I win the race. The moment that you woke up this morning, God gave you a guarantee that if you would be firm, courageous, and strong, sober, and steady, and settled in your training, and keeping the word of God in your mouth, that you're guaranteed to win. But the win might not be easy. It might not be pretty. It might not look good. But you're going to win the race. Why? Because I said that I would never leave you nor forsake you. Oh, come on now. Y'all with me today? Come on now. Are you with me today? The moment that you woke up, he said they're going to win the race because I woke them up. I put something in them to win. But I want to reassure you, the same way I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. Come on now. If you're strong and courageous, sober and steady, steady and settled, if you've got the word in your mouth, then you're going to win. Come on now, then you're going to win. This text is so amazing in how God leads Joshua through a series of commands and affirmations that keep him focused on his assignment. The end of verse 7 says, do not turn to it to the right or left so that you may have success wherever you go. But then I like here in verse number eight, he says to him that your success is nothing if you will not keep the book in your mouth. It's nothing. Nothing. You can win every championship. You can get all the money that you want. But if the word of God is in your life, then it means nothing to God. Yes, I said that I would bless you. Yes, I said to be fruitful and multiply, but be fruitful and multiply through me and in me, not just yourself. Come on now. Get it right. Come on now. You can get all the degrees that you want, but if my word is not in you, then how can you proclaim 
that you're serving the God that has allowed you to do it. I like this. I like what it says here. Verse number four, or winning point number four, four keys to winning. He says, be strong and courageous. Two, be sober, steady, and settled in your training. Three, keep the word of God in your mouth. Number four, winning requires that we don't become stressed and overwhelmed to the point that we lose our strength. Encouraged to remain brave throughout the race. Did you hear that? Winning requires that we don't become stressed and overwhelmed to the point that we lose our strength and courage to remain firm and brave throughout the race. God reminds Joshua for a third time by asking him a question in verse number nine. Have I not commanded you? Didn't I tell you at the beginning of the race, before you started running, before you started practicing, before you gathered the team, before you gave them vision, before you went and found the building, before you applied for the loan that they denied you, before you went to school and your financial aid ran out, I told you the same way that I was with your mama. I told you the same way that I was with Moses that I would be with you. And he says that you would not fail because I would not forsake you. But didn't I tell you to be strong and courageous? Come on now. He says, be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Come on now. Wherever you walk. Come on now. You don't have to have a word from the Lord to get up and relocate. He says, wherever you go, as long as the word is in your mouth, as long as you remain disciplined to the train, as long as you can be firm and courageous and strong and understanding that you have something in your hands that's going to allow your generations to win. Have I not told you? I told you that you could win this race. Come on now. Look at me. I told you that you could win this race. Come on now. I told you that you would win the race. All you needed to do was be strong. All you needed to do was just depend on your training. I told you. I told you. Come on son. What you waiting for? You got to learn how to do it. Come on now. Be strong and courageous. Be firm and brave. Come on now. So what if you make a mistake? So what if you trip? So what if you fall? Pick yourself up and start running again. Dust the dirt off and start running again. Let your leg bleed. Let your elbow bleed. You got time to wipe that off when you finish the race, but don't take a break. Finish strong. Come on now. Finish strong. Finish strong. Lift your hands. Come on now, James. Finish strong. Come on now. Finish strong. Come on, look at yourself. You got the grace to finish. Because the race is guaranteed that you're going to win. Come on now. It's the only race that's ever been fixed. That you never had to go to Vegas and put a bet on. Come on now. Come on now. You can't fix this race with your money. You can't fix this race with your loyalty. Come on now. You can't fix this race. Come on now. With your faith. Why? Because the race was already fixed before you were ever born. Come on now. I created you to win races. Come on now. 
Even when you feel like you lost, you won the race because you were strong and courageous. Come on now. Even when it didn't go your way and the car was repossessed, uh, you won because you lived through the difficulty. You lived through the rigorous, intense, high form uh, of training that could have broke you down. But because I'm a CrossFit believer. Come on, y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying. I'm a CrossFit believer. I understand what it means to endure. I understand what it means to be disciplined. I understand that God has already fix the race in my favor nobody can beat me nobody can outrun me nobody can do it better than I can why because he's already given me the formula be strong and courageous be sober steady and settled in your mind depend and lean upon me trust in the Lord with all of thy heart and lean not to thy own understanding but in all of thy ways I acknowledge him and I will direct you right to the wind I'll cause you to finish Wrong. Keep my word in your mouth. Come on now. So that you won't sin against me. Your sin is when you quit on me. Oh, did you hear it? We sin when we quit. We sin when we think of ourselves more highly than we ought to. When you tell God, I don't think I have it, you just sinned against God. Because he said, if you would just be courageous enough. I told you that I'm not going to leave you. I told you that I'm not going to fail. But if you would just be strong enough, the race has already been fixed. Come on now. Y'all heard what the last week's lesson is? He won it all. He's already won it. Come on now. Come on now. Game. Recognize game. Come on now. You ain't got to do all of this. All you got to do is be strong and courageous, Joshua. All you got to do is be sober, steady, and settled in the disciplines and the training of what you've been taught to do. Uh, come on now. All you got to do is keep the Word of God and live by the Word of God. Uh, come on now. Be the reflection of the Word of God. I don't care what they say to you. Come on now. I'm talking to that husband. Love your wife. Don't cheat on your wife. Don't have no boo on the side. If your boy's telling you to do it, they ain't your boys. They don't love you. Come on now. I'm talking to my single girls. Don't love that joker. He can't come to church. He can't pray with you. You ain't gonna get him saved. He ain't no good for you. If he cannot show you how to love God, if he don't have the Word of God in his heart, you need to run fast baby come on now you need to stay away come on now I'm talking to somebody today you're trying to win a race in your marriage and you keep hanging out with single men and your single friends that watch pornography going to the strip club come on now what is that women go to the strip club with their husbands now what the heck is that you don't know the mind of a man Y'all stay with me right here Y'all better not leave me. Come subject. I'm going to talk about it today. That's why you ain't winning the race. Because you're taking your husband to a place that he's already in in his mind. He's already imagining the women. He's already looking at the women. And you say, well, he's going to do it anyway. And you take him to sin against God. Sitting in the strip club with your man. What? Come on now. Y'all better not leave me. Y'all better stay right here. Because this is what this generation does. Come on now. Come on now. Come on now. You, you're sitting. You're trying to be married, man. And you're trying to keep your girl. And you're praying day after day. But your boo says, let's go to strip club. And you're like, straight up. Yeah. You got the singles. 
And you walking in like, please don't let her see nobody that I know. But she don't mind because she went with you. When the race has already been fixed. So you let that man live a lie because he's cheating on you in his mind. So you let him live a lie. We empower our men to live lies because we pat him on the back and we say, well, he didn't have no father. He going through something. He been locked up in jail, so he needs some time. But you're going to keep letting him live that lie that he never told you. He really didn't want to marry you, but he stuck. So you keep giving him a way out. Y'all hear what I'm saying? God says, I'm giving you a way in. Get in the race and run the race. And while you're running the race, I want to let all of that stuff fall off of you. If you keep running and keep your eyes on me, one day you're going to wake up and the strip club is going to make your stomach sick. Come on now. Pornography is going to make your stomach sick. Come on now. All of the other stuff that you continue to do is going to make you sick because you've learned how to win. And the only thing you want to do now is win again. I didn't get good grades in high school because I wasn't focused. God gave me another chance to win again, James. Never had straight A's. I only had A's in music. Missed out on Morehouse. Wouldn't have been out for all the days of my life. God says, the race is still there. When are you going to get in? Got in in 2010. Finished. All A's. Didn't know that I could write. All A's on my paper. Oh, y'all hear what I'm saying? I was killing the game. I was coming home, dropping it on, onto my son. All A's. When all I knew was F, 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 F. My point, my great, my GP in high school, it wasn't even zero, zero, zero. It had to be blank, 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 blank. You know them little dots? It was just dot, 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 dot. That was my GPA. You get what I'm saying? Not only do that, I didn't go get my master's. Kill the game doing that. 3.2. Come on, man. I've been crying. Man, I want to see my dream come to pass. Last year this time, going through, nobody knew. I stand strong today because God allowed me to finish the race. He said, if you would be strong and courageous when they laughed at me and said, you'll never be nothing. When they talked about me, talked about my daddy, but then in November, laughed at my father-in-law. But then turned around, and I'm a bishop in the large church. And so now my father-in-law is smiling up in heaven. Now my dad is happy. Come on now, y'all ain't understanding. Uh, come on now, two men that showed me what it was to win. Two men that showed me what it was to win. I want to show you what it means to win. Just dream again and live again and stay in the race, and you'll win. Lift your hands. Lift your hands. Come on, respond. Come on. Your response, God's word, requires a hastily response. Lift your hands. Come on. Don't just raise your hand. Lift your hands and say, Lord, over these next 30 days, I've made a commitment.
to give up something in my life that is going to cost me. And so I want to be strong and courageous. Lord, over these next 30 days, I made a commitment to give in to something. The place of surrender where you want me to commit to something that you called me to do. I want to surrender to the yes and no longer be afraid to live out what you've called me to do. Lord, over these next 30 days, I want to commit into giving to something that matters, whether it's self-care, whether it's paying off debt, whether it's paying off a family member, whether it's doing something for charity. Lord, I want to be strong. I want to be courageous. Lord, settle me. Cause me to be steady. Cause me to be sober in the things of God, in the disciplines of prayer, in the disciplines of faith. Lord, cause me to keep that word, the word that I treasure in my heart so that I will not sin against you. Lord, in Jesus' name, cause me to respond to your response, to be strong and courageous so that my way is made prosperous wherever I go. You said that you would be with me. So search my heart. Know my heart. And reveal to me any wicked deception, evil ways that cause me to contaminate a race that is meant for me and my generations to win. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, put your hands together. Come on, put your hands together. The CrossFit believer. If you want to be saved today, if the Word of God has washed you in such a way that it has caused you to want to make a decision in coming to Christ, I want you to lift your hand. If you're here today and you've been washed through the Word, you, you can feel the cleansing, you, you felt the scrubbing, you felt the irritation, and you just want to recommit your life to Christ. You, you just want to rededicate. You just want to recommit. I want you to raise your hand so that we can pray with you. If you want to be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost, I want you to raise your hand. Father, I thank you for this word. In Jesus' name, for those that we can't see virtually, if you're there, I want you to understand that God created you and I to be a CrossFit believer. A CrossFit believer that understands that it's a high form of intense training that empowers, engages, and it equips me and the believer to run the race. It helps me to resist the forces of the enemy that come to tell me that I'm not strong and courageous enough to finish. This is our prayer. I love you. 
I appreciate you. If you did not have a moment to share with us in our time of giving, I want you to give your time today. I want you to offer that. I want you to bring it and offer it to God, your tithe, the 10%. I want you to take some time and give your offering what opens up the windows of heaven, your seed that you put in the ground. Remember, Paul says it is the farmer who produces. And because he produces, he puts it in the ground. He understands that what he puts in the ground, it must come up. And because he put it there himself, he must be the first partaker. When you put it in the ground, God's going to allow you to be the first partaker of your unlimited harvest. A harvest that will change your generations. Your giving matters at the Rock Church. We love you. We appreciate you. I want you to stay focused. Remember three areas in this season of Lent. The CrossFit believer does what? We're giving up something. It's going to cost you. We're going to give in to something. We're going to say yes to the area that we've been saying no to. I want to surrender, and then I want to give to something. An act of kindness, whatever it may be, give to something that will change somebody else's life. I love you. I appreciate you. We're the Rock Church, the place where your life matters. Jesus matters, and worship matters all the time. Peace to the family, peace to the bishop, and peace to us all. I love you. Have a great day. God bless. Peace.